Welcome back everyone. This is Eric and Barry from Moss Pawn and Gun. And today we have another gun gripe for you. And this is one that uh, actually came to me uh, the other night. I was thinking about, you know, what would be a good idea for a gripe. And uh, we decided to do one about the caliber debate. Right. I mean, how have we not thought about this until now? I mean, isn't this like the most universal gun gripe there is? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you go on like, you know, forums and gun boards and all these different places, what is like one of the most common arguments you see? The, the caliber that you choose for self-defense or whatever. Which caliber is the best? You know, the caliber debate. Right. I mean, this is like the most awesome subject. We got to talk about it. So, right. Barry, you know, when people debate about caliber, what are they really debating about? What's the most common thing? What are they debating about? Basically, it boils down to stopping power. What, what cartridge has the most stopping power? Well, there's all kinds of factors that figure into that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got guys, customers that come in, they worry themselves sick. I bought a 9mm, but I don't think it's enough. So they trade it for a 40. Oh, I don't think that's enough. Then they get a 45. There was a 17-year study done about a decade or two ago that discussed stopping power about real shootings. The 40 caliber Smith & Wesson and the 357 Magnum were tied for first place at 96% one-shot stops. Now, you tell, a, uh, you tell an old 45 man that, he, he thinks you're lying. But this is based on actual shootings, not shooting Play-Doh, not shooting gel, and not shooting mechanical men or anything like that. This was based on a 17-year study of actual shootings. Speaking to men that have killed men in the line of duty. Right. Police officers, right. FBI, you name it. Government types, soldiers. This study across the board was conducted by people that have been involved in mm -hmm. shootings. Okay. Now the thing about it is though, uh, you have to figure other factors in. Maybe the man with the 9 is more accurate than the man with a 45. You don't know. Uh, uh, I carried a 45 every day for 10 years in 1911. Mm -hmm. uh, I like Glock 9mm now. The 9mm will do anything you need to do. I used to work with a guy who's retired from the Atlanta SWAT team. He shot 17 people in 20 years and he carries a Glock 9mm. Mm -hmm. Now, he shot a lot of people over the years and most of them with a 357 Magnum. And he said the ones he shot with this, it was like blowing out a birthday candle. They didn't even whimper. That's right. They're instant death with a 357 Magnum. <laughs> now, um, that's just the way it is, folks. Sure now, is. You can talk about 45s all day long. People <laughs> say, well, how can this, how can this be more effective than a 44 Magnum? Well, this doesn't overpenetrate. If this goes through somebody and hits a wall behind them, that's wasted energy. Right. Just like they found out that tactical buckshot, which is low velocity buckshot, is more stopping power than high velocity buckshot. Right. Because it doesn't overpenetrate the, the body. Well, see, that's one thing that I'm a really big fan of when it comes to pistol calibers. I like the 45 ACP. Now, to back up what my esteemed associate here just said, it comes down to, you know, choosing the proper projectile that is designed to expand and stop and not overpenetrate in the human body. I've done a lot of research on what makes a bullet deadly, what makes bullet design deadly. And I've come to the conclusion with interior ballistics and things of that nature that what you're looking for is there's a few basic factors that determine if something is deadly or not, okay? And just across the board, it doesn't matter, all right? As long as the projectile possesses enough energy to penetrate the body, okay, obviously, that bullet has to be capable of piercing vital organs, 
of breaking through the breast bone in your chest cavity to reach those vital organs. You have to have a velocity and bullet design which lends itself quite well to expanding inside the body. You need an effective bullet that will expand properly and retain its weight in order to cause the most damage and hydrostatic shock when entering the body. There are a few cavities that are developed when a projectile pierces the human body. You have a temporal cavity and then you have a permanent cavity. A temporal cavity is when the projectile expands, it displaces meat and tissue and organs, mm -hmm. and that is what is known as a temporal cavity, as in temporary. It shocks then the, the organs. It's a shock, okay? When the flesh shrinks back down, then you have your permanent cavity. Of course, that is the flesh that is directly sliced and cut by the bullet fragments, or mm -hmm. if it's a proper projectile, one that is held together in one big piece. All right. Now, obviously, the larger the temporal cavity, the more displacement of organs and shock that it's causing to those organs, the more damage. So that uh, argument can lend itself to, okay, yes, a 9mm is a smaller projectile, less weight, so obviously, yes, mm -hmm. it will have less shock factor, a smaller temporal cavity, whereby, let's just say when you're comparing apples to apples, and you're talking about FMJ versus FMJ 45 ACP, mm -hmm. which traditional military ball 45 ACP is ball ammunition, 230 grain. This projectile weighs more, it's slower, so it doesn't overpenetrate, and it has a very large temporal cavity. So when it comes down to debating calibers, what I will tell you is that, you know, and I've been involved in shooting at people and being shot at myself, you know, at the end of the day, as long as the projectile and the cartridge combination falls into those basic elements, what I described earlier, it's going to be capable of killing a human being. I mean, that's the bottom line. Right. I believe what me and Barry are getting at with this video and this gripe, and what would be the gripe, is that people think that you have to have some big scary round like this 500 Smith & Wesson in order to, to do the trick. But the bottom line is that you're, if you're a good shot and you can accurately shoot and hit a vital organ, a 9mm will kill you just as dead uh -huh. as any of these others. So, Well, also the old school about the ball rounds, the 45 is the only one that's big enough without expanding to have some kind of shock effect to it. Now, that's right. the major thing. But we're not restricted to using ball ammo. Right. We can use hollow point. There are 9mm hollow points that are rate right up in the over 90 percentile mm -hmm. on the stopping power scale. Mm -hmm. In the streets of America, People don't believe this. In the streets of America, based on a 17-year study, a 45 ball is 62% effective with one shot. 62%. Now, the Federal HydroShock 45 is up 93%. You so load when, that sucker with a right. black talon, when and you, you got when a nasty When you change day. the construction of the bullet, you change the whole thing. Now, like Eric right. was talking about you got a temp. If you shoot a man with this, and you shoot a man with a 357, the permanent cavities look the same. But you can't. You don't see the the temporary cavity when that 357 goes in your body. Your organs are are jarred like that. It's like somebody punching in the gut. It's the same principle of what makes a hand grenade kill you. All right. I mean, I've thrown hand grenades. I've never had any thrown at me, luckily. But I've been pretty close to some hand grenades going off, and that's what makes hand grenades deadly. I mean, yes, the shrapnel, it will penetrate your body and physically mm -hmm. injure you. But it's the concussion 
from right. that hand grenade that kills you. The shock. It's the shock. It's mm -hmm. displacing those right. organs. And, you know, the human body is a very resilient thing. However, once those organs are displaced, it can cause internal bleeding. Mm -hmm. It can cause, you know, basically stop your heart. Hemorrhaging. Hemorrhaging. So there's a lot of things that, that make a caliber deadly. And I know that with the caliber debate, that tends to be one of the things that, that we see a lot as people say, well, a nine millimeters of WIMP cartridge is not deadly. You know, I carry a 45 ACP. Some people get kind of macho about what's right. good and what's not. Right. Another macho thing is people think that 22 LR isn't deadly. Now, we've proven that time and time again, that 22 LR is a very deadly cartridge. Mm -hmm. um, it, it constitutes for several deaths and injuries in the United States. A lot of people are killed with 22 LR around the world because it's so common. Mm -hmm. uh, 22 LR is used to put down animals as a dispatching caliber. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you shoot a, uh, a hog or I don't know about something as big as, say, a cow, but maybe a hog or a deer behind the ear in the right spot, and they're going down. Well, what you also don't see is this round of 357, if it pierces somebody's ribs or solar plexus, is sending off secondary missiles of bone. Right. It's like a shotgun blast. Not only does the bullet expand and jar the internal organs, but all these bones are shattering and going everywhere. And then the, t the cavity closes back up, and it looks the same as if you shot him with this. It does. But this is going to be a hell of a lot more effective. That's right. And, you know, across the board, I guess the most important thing that I would be able to bring to the conversation with the caliber debate and what I determined a long time ago is that it's not necessarily the caliber you choose. Like I said, as long as the caliber is is sufficient in energy to pierce the human body and pierce vital mm -hmm. organs, it's fine. It comes down to shot placement. The smaller caliber you carry, the more spot on your shot placement needs to be. Right. Now, some people aren't 9mm guys. I myself, I'm a 9mm guy. Mm -hmm. I like 9mm. Light recoil, cheap to shoot. Well, not right now. Holds but more rounds. It holds more rounds. I like 9mm. I'm confident defending myself with a 9mm. Now, some people may not be as good of a shot with a 9mm. I've seen some guys that you hand them a 9mm pistol, they can't shoot it worth a damn. You hand them a 45 ACP and they punch bullseyes right. all day long. Right. Some people are just 45 guys, mm -hmm. and that's the bottom line. I love 45 ACP. I grew up shooting it. I'm still a good shot with a 45, but for carry, I prefer a 9mm, nice light recoil, more rounds. I I'll stake my chances with a 9. Well, in, in conclusion, getting back to that 17-year study, what Eric said, the bottom line, they said it doesn't matter what caliber, is shot placement. Shot placement. I do not advocate this for defense, but by God, a headshot with that will put them down. You better believe it. And a 1022 with a suppressor and a BX-25, a subsonic, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you can ruin someone's day. Really now, here's the thing that gets me about the caliber debate. Is you know, you always hear people say, oh, a 22 ain't going to hurt you. A 9 millimeter, mm -hmm. uh, 380 is a wimpy cartridge. Screw that, you know. You don't ever hear anybody volunteering to get shot with one. No. And I'll tell you, at the end of the day, getting shot is getting shot. Mm -hmm. Okay, now granted, some calibers are going to do a little bit better job. Some people are better with, with shot placement and other calibers than others. But at the end of the day, getting shot is not a pleasant experience, okay? Right. And that's just something to remember. And um, the caliber debate can go on for hours. We could talk about this all day. We're not going to. However, if you want, leave your comments and suggestions below and we'll be happy to respond to them. If, tell us what your favorite caliber is and why, and maybe we'll revisit this subject later. Okay.
Thanks for watching, and you guys have a good day. And uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, share with your buddies, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Y'all come back and see us now. Yep.